Okay, so welcome to the next episode of Pegasus Radio and the next in the Meet the Boss series. Today, I am joined by Steve Alcote of Calidus, who are a small consultancy based in Leeds, and they concentrate on, did do mainly in health and safety, have now since advanced into other areas such as project management. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to, uh, looking forward to the chat. Oh, my pleasure. How's your week gone? Yeah, it's been busy. It's uh, it's flown by, which is in many respects a really good thing. But yeah, very busy, which I guess as we discussed, kind of you said we were pre-lockdown, all this madness where we are now. It's obviously it's a real good place to be. So yeah, so fortunately, very busy. Yeah, good. So obviously, I've just introduced Calidus probably badly. Uh, could you give me um? Uh, can you give the listeners a bit of an overview of the business? Of course, I can. Yeah. So uh, Calidus are a multidisciplinary consultancy in the truest sense of the word. We operate within health and safety, uh, project management, asset property management, and training. Kind of as you alluded to, people know us more as health and safety, but we actually have a real strong, strong business sector presence in project management, asset management, and the training elements, which is, which is fantastic. It was founded in 2009 by the now CEO, Steve Hansen, and really he has it's, it's crazy to him really where the company is today. It, it operates on a national and international level with some, some massive big name clients, which is phenomenal for the, com- for the size of our company, which is, which is a testament to the team we have and testament to the effort and the drive that, that Steve's put into the business really. Pride ourselves on uh, excellent service and excellent people and making sure that we are going above and beyond for our clients and for our staff and, and making sure that we're aligning the two together. So yeah, that's pretty clear what it's about. Perfect. And headcount about 15, is that right, Steve? Up to 20 now, which is good, and um, plans in uh, hopefully in the medium term to recruit um, along the lines, alongside some nice projects we've got coming up, so yeah. Good. Okay, awesome. And so you're obviously based out of Yorkshire, but you, you say you work nationally and indeed internationally. Yeah, we have a, an office in Leeds currently, which we're looking at expanding further in terms of a couple of other hub offices around the UK. And okay. we're fortunate enough that we have our consultants based around the country, so we can actually have really good coverage and provide really good service level to all of our clients, which is great. Right. We, um, we have a presence, quite quite a good presence in, in Scotland as well, okay. Um, okay. which is a nuance, obviously, with the uh, different... Uh, rules and regulations currently about we keep getting, keep yes. getting announced so uh but yeah it's uh, we, we are a national base so yeah, that's good okay so when you say you've got stuff all over the country does that mean some of them have been working remotely or from home for a while are you ahead of the curve steve in terms of <laughs> yeah we we've always been a company that hasn't been traditional in the sense of um, everyone being a bum on seat in an office mm. we've always been more about, more about what our clients want and what our clients need. So we have very much resourced around where our client base is mm-hmm. and also where good people are as well, which is more important really. So mm-hmm. we work remotely. We have invested in technology traditionally um, and that will continue to be the case. So we are able to provide a real high-end service to our clients, um, which is which is unknown to the other consultancies of our size with, 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 with what we've got. So, yeah. Right, no, good for you. Okay, so I, I guess I'm not going to dwell on it too much. I'd rather talk about the future rather than the past. But um, how have you coped over the last six months with uh, with with the you know restrictions? I guess the business due to COVID. Well, yeah, it's obviously been tough, as you say, and it's been tough for not just for for our consultancy, our industry, but across across the whole industry. Is it? So we we took a view very early on, start of lockdown, to focus on our people, to make sure that we had the right people in the right places, and made sure that they were looked after. It's all about engaging with our staff and our workforce to make sure that. Folks safe when they return to work and mm-hmm. um, which in, in turn also made sure that our clients felt safe by the fact we could go and operate in their environments we looked 
internally again at our strategy and, our, and how our business was run making sure that as you say we're ahead of the curve with our clients so our business continuity plans post lockdown were in place our business recovery plans were in place post lockdown so we've got a real lot of hard work in over the summer to make sure we're real positioned right post lockdown we carried out a rebrand as you say to make sure that people are fully aware of all the services we offer mm-hmm. um, and so as you can see we've got a new website in place we carried out some marketing and some engagement about where our, where our clients wanted to be and what, what services we needed to offer our clients had they changed for example had they altered their way of thinking and their way they're going to operate going forward as i mentioned we've got some real high profile clients so it's important that we actually made sure we continue to add value to their the service for them and being not constrained by a typical consultancy we're able to make sure we're flexible enough to make sure we could align ourselves to their needs and going forward which is great we focus quite heavily um as you say when um, looking through someone on our customer journey making sure that every customer we come across whether it be a client a stakeholder or a colleague that the experience they had with Canada from start to end was properly thought through and properly uh, planned and ensure that everyone got value out of the situation we were in. But as you say, we also already work remotely, so it wasn't too difficult in that sense. However, we have come up with ideas and plans regarding how we keep people engaged in the, in the, in the workforce and making sure that we really keep with the health and well-being you know, forefront of everyone's mind at the moment, make sure we actually make sure we continue to engage everybody in the right level. Yes. Well, yeah, so it was very tough, but you know, as you say, it's, uh, we're in a good place now because of it. Good. Awesome. That's really good to hear. And what, what's your kind of take, Steve, in terms of, I guess both risk and opportunity for the industry as a whole over the next 12 to 18 months. Well, that's that's a question. I mean, 12 months ago, if you could say what the risk and opportunities were, I guess it would be very, very different. <laughs> I don't think that would have been anybody's risk register in a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's um, yeah, interesting. Um, it's often difficult to predict, but I've had a, a bit of thinking. It's um, there are some key um, some key pointers that I've kind of pulled out. So one being culture. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to really improve the culture of not only of our own workforce, but also of the industry. By investing in people, we can really make sure that the next generation of, of uh, staff coming through and people in the industry coming through are in get fully engaged, inclusive, diverse, and actually adding, adding some serious value to, to our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's difficult. The L&D side of uh, our industry is going to be difficult because we're all working remotely now. Not impossible, but difficult. You know, mm-hmm. I ran a training course this morning for some of the project managers about some some skills we we're trying to upskill our guys on so it's not impossible by any stretch but it's going to be a slight difficult difference from when i started out in my career in, in aviation where i was shadowing guys on site yes and shadowing guys in meetings it was slightly different slightly nuanced to it but you know as long as people's mindset changes alongside that i think i think it still can be achieved innovation and trends again i think opportunity there to, to kind of innovate and be ahead of people's trends is vital you know we all work with different clients whether it be whichever consultancy you're working and actually we can pick the best bits out of the different clients and how they work and how they operate and actually make sure we're adding value to our own industry it's often you know the, the small changes that make a bigger impact rather than the major changes and um, so we've all got experience i guess of whether it's reporting structure whether it's product type whether it's management style that had to tweak and change actually adds serious value to, to what we're trying to do i guess collaboration has been crucial for the last nine months for everybody in the broadest sense of its word that we really need to make sure that as an industry we are supporting each other and, and, and working collaboratively alongside each other both our, our, our competitors our partners uh, stakeholders and clients and making sure that we actually come out of the, come out of the other side of this in, in a successful place and finally i guess you know, the, the thing that kind of keeps keeps industry going around is the pipeline so pipeline for our clients and pipeline for ourselves and making sure that you know that's there i think there's opportunities there and you know we've seen that in, in recent in recent months with obviously technology advances um, and how we're going to work remotely mm-hmm. and how we can have greater value so i, I do think by making sure the pipeline's there in a slightly different way which 
we're fortunate enough in just to, to ensure that we have we have that in place. I think uh, as a whole, we can we can really move forward. It's opportunity there, definitely. When you say at Cardiff, you've got that in place. What do you, how do you mean? Is that what diversity of what you deliver as services or? Exactly that, yeah. So it's it's about making sure that you know we we build sustainable growth within mm. the business to make sure that actually it, we, obviously I'm sure everyone experienced during a period, period of time where everyone was taking a pull at the start of lockdown on on investment or on on spend naturally. You know, everyone did it personally and professionally. It's it's about making sure that we can be diverse enough to offer a range of services and also offer a range of value to to our clients to making sure that the pipeline is strong and that everybody's benefiting out of the situation when you know, albeit obviously a terrible a terrible place where I'm at now as, a, as a world all right good okay and what what do you think obviously I know it's you know it's still challenging for us all to predict you know how the next 12 months are going to go in terms of absolute workload pipeline but what's your what's your plans for Cardus as a business over I guess the next you know one two three years in terms of further growth yeah I, my growth plans and our growth plans as, as a business are um are pretty consistent and I like think would be mirrored regardless of the position where we are in terms of pandemic or not. So okay. kind of focus on focus on three three key items for growth. So obviously revenue is natural. We need that to get our business plans and our business plans also keep our business going. And that's yes. goes without saying. The second one being our, our clients and making sure we grow our clients both attracting new clients to the business and, and the service we offer but also retaining the clients we have and it's about keeping those relationships as strong as possible mm. to ensure that actually that, that the service we're delivering is aligned to their expectations and making sure that actually we can grow grow our grow our offering effectively and finally kind of the most important thing in terms of our growth what we're going to do for the next 12 to 18 months is our people mm. people are crucial to what we do you know we're very very fortunate we have a really dedicated good team at Cardus who really do go above and beyond and, and really are concerned about making sure they add value to clients so by investing in them and by making sure that we can we can upskill them as a team first yeah. that's where my growth opportunity really is within within Cardus at the moment and, that, and that's a fantastic place to be that we have a really good starting point you know sustainable growth for us comes in all three of those ideas and by doing that and by achieving what we need to achieve in those areas we will be as successful as a business you know our, our vision is to be the consultancy that other consultants want to be and the employer that other employees want to work for and that's everything needs to say about our business really our yeah, that's a great step, statement yeah yeah our next steps really are to kind of target some new market and um, we already have quite a good market share in several parts of parts of the, of the industry about branching out a little bit further and just pushing ourselves just again out of our comfort zone to make sure we can achieve more so what sectors are you strong in now steve and what sectors are you targeting to to either grow further in or or, or you know attack as new sectors we're already really strong in the infrastructure sector. We're already really strong in the education sector and uh, in PFI and in health, uh, which again is fantastic. We have yep. a really good foothold into retail, but it's about broadening those broadening those sectors further, really, and offering more services into those sectors, to making mm-hmm. sure that we're stronger. So we have different parts of our business that have different strengths in those sectors. So actually, it's about making sure we can more rounded in those sectors and get a stronger, stronger showing in them, really. So yeah. Okay. And in terms of new sectors, would you say there are certain new sectors that you're particularly targeting? Yeah, we're looking into the nuclear sector a little bit more, okay, um, and we're looking to develop more into the retail side of things. We're looking to develop our technology side slightly more as well. We have a, a, a reasonable offering in terms of what we offer technology-wise to our clients. We're looking to push that a little bit more, which is good. But again, we'll be guided by what our clients want at the end of the day in terms mm-hmm. of where they want to take us. So yeah, yeah, all right, perfect. And uh, I guess as you know, Steve, one of the things I was keen to speak to you about is obviously your. Um, how, how long have you been managing director now, Steve, within the business? <laughs> I've been a uh, managed director now for five months, I think it is. So, yeah, oh, okay. quite awesome. 
And me and you were having a bit of a bit of a laugh, weren't we, when we when we spoke before this um, about the fact that if somebody maybe looks at your LinkedIn profile and looks at your you know your some of your job moves and titles, uh, they might be surprised to see that you're managing director. So I just thought I would I thought we'd unpack that a little bit. Um, how old are you now, Steve? Firstly, uh, so I'm 33. Yeah. Okay. So so still 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 young. You've got still got. Still got more than more than uh, all of your working <laughs> life to, to work before retirement. So uh, that's not too <laughs> depressing. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, great that you're in that position, um, and, and certainly probably you know a, a, a decision made by the business that you were right for that. So I'm, I'm just interested, in, you know, you know, why do you think you, you were appointed in that role? Is that the you know vision that Steve had for you about about your ability, um, and also the challenges? I guess you know you must have. I guess taking over some hurdle or had to get over some hurdles at your age, being suddenly thrust into the MD role. And I, I know you say you've got a great team. But mm-hmm. I can only imagine you had there was some adjustment to be made there. I guess in terms of you, you going into that role, both for you and for they. Yeah, sure. So I, um, I guess if uh, unpacking it a little, a little bit further, I guess if I, I take it right back to kind of you know when I got into the industry. So I've always interested in in projects as a whole, and you know, was fortunate enough to sponsor students through the University of Sheffield mm. Hallam doing construction management, which yeah. again gave, gave me a great founding for the industry and actually helped me on my leadership path from a very early age in terms mm. of the exposure I got. It gave me opportunities to last my placement to enter the aviation world, which obviously at the period of time then was obviously very, very prosperous yes. uh, with yeah, heavy yeah. investment. So with that came gave me great exposure to some senior leadership teams. Um, I did a lot of shadowing, spent a lot of time at Heathrow and Gatwick, working on some really kind of uh, iconic projects at Internal 3 and Southam at Gatwick. So that gave me real good ground in one for construction, but two for leadership and how businesses were put together. So following on from that, I was headhunted by ACOM to kind of join their aviation team and grow their business further. My first appointment with them was with uh, East Midlands Airport, where I was managing first this world kind runway refurbishment project which was basically overlaying and strengthening of the runway which obviously was a 24-hour operation for, mm-hmm. for the airport that was phenomenal for me and um, in terms of exposure it gave me to not only construction in terms of technologies and stuff but also wider network in terms of stakeholders different business units interactions and exposure to further, further leadership teams within the airport and within the Manchester Airport Group. I then joined MAG Direct and joined the, their leadership team so again I've given quite a Quite a uh, steep curve at that point, as you can say, in terms of uh, exposure and into some very quite high profile situations, which again has only still been in good stead in, in latter in my latter career since. But I'm following on from that. I did uh, choose to diversify again, as you can see, kind of from the threads through my career. I've always been one to push myself to my limits and, and slightly outside my comfort zone at times. Um, but I think that's a good trait to have at times. So I then diversified into uh, higher education, went to the University of Leicester. Uh, and then I've decided, uh, having, having the balance of both client and consultancy world, to look to kind of hardship, harness my leadership skills in a, in a smaller consultancy. And obviously at Caledus now, um, where I've been given opportunity by Steve, which is, which has been uh, been great. And it comes with challenges, as you say. It's a slight step change for the business. Um, mm-hmm. I come with some very fresh and very new ideas about how I like things to be done and how I like the team to work. Um, and the team also have been very receptive to those ideas, which is great. So. I think it's all about you know, no matter how much how old you are in the industry, or as long as you're open enough to to new suggestions and new ideas, and actually the new energy behind industry, that's what keeps keeps industry going forward, doesn't it? Yes. And whilst you know, whilst, you know, ages, ages, as I say, ages only a number. It's important that actually experience plays a massive part in that as well, um, and recognise my experience. So, so yes, yeah, so I've been fortunate enough to be put in the position of, of MD, but at the same time, I think I've got a lot of skills and qualities that I've grown from. My leadership days within MAG that actually I can actually add and grow this business further. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and you know, there's a lot to be learned, isn't it, by working within, I guess, what is a, a you know a, a corporate organisation and, and some of the training and development that it gives there, and, and just the fact that you are thrust into proper management, aren't you, in, in, in those roles, and and then bringing some of that into smaller businesses. And often I see, you know, some of the consultancies that have um, set up, let's say, over the last decade, but accelerated their growth quite quickly. You'll often find that the 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 M the managing owners, directors of the business usually had come from one of the big businesses had taken a lot of the really good systems and processes out of that business, put some of that into their business, maybe got rid of some of the corporate, you know, jargon and rubbish that maybe okay. exists as well. Um, and, and, and consequently because of that, because they had the, the good found the good foundations within a large business, were able to apply that and, and it helped them grow quite quickly off the back of it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, at, at Manchester Evergreen, I was responsible for uh, two of the airport's capital programmes. So that gave me great exposure to not only construction, but the wider business unit. So I was I was forced to be and forced to grow and forced to learn the business acumen side of things. So I um, I, I really feel that's kind of has given me massive, uh, massive boost forward in terms of my understanding and what the skills that I can bring to, to MD, as you say, and actually bring that kind of corporateness from from MAG into a into a slightly less formal world, which is actually going to only benefit us going forward. And it actually helps helps bridge the gap between some of the clients we have as well. Good. Brilliant. No, well, uh, well, well done to you. And, and great to see. And I think, I think again, the idea about, you know, fresh ideas and, and, and shaking it up a bit, you know, I think there are probably arguably some organisations out there, consultancies and contractors who've probably been managed the same way for a number of years. And if we're honest, have maybe stagnated and not grown because there's, because there's no kind of fresh impetus as, as to, to change. You're absolutely right. And actually, at the back of the lockdown and back of all the back of the pandemic, it's going to be the companies that have got the fresh ideas and the fresh energy and actually are approaching things in the right way, not only for themselves, but for the industry that will really, really do well and succeed. And that's what they should do. You know, companies in the past that have perhaps been very comfortable where they are, you know, they're going to have to go one or two ways, aren't they, unfortunately? And, um, it's really, really important that we make sure we keep pushing forward and, and get on to the next part of, part of our industry. Yeah, 100%. And... I guess that brings me on nicely to one of the questions I always like to ask. Um, obviously, we discussed what we think is going to happen over the next, uh, you know, twelve months to eighteen months, and and I think you, probably some of the answers you gave there, Steve, probably may may tie in nicely to this question anyway. So I may be asking you to repeat yourself slightly, but what's your take on how I guess technology is going to change the industry over the next decade, two decades? Because there's still a lot of debate in the industry about, oh no, we'll carry on doing the, the things the way we've always done. And others are saying, no, it's going to change. It has to change. Yeah, I, I must admit, I'm um, I'm in the latter camp, um, yeah. I guess, in, in your persuasion. So I think it's without doubt we have to work smarter and more efficiently. We have to be in a situation where we are adding greater value. And we can do that by working remotely. And we can do that by greater technological use. I, I'm a strong believer that both AI and BIM are going to play a much bigger part in uh, our capital programming decisions and our health and safety decisions going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, we can spot risk, we can spot trends, and we can spot opportunities of investment far early on and with far more science behind it rather than you know, an ad hoc approach at times. Um, it's really important with the technology advances we're going, to, we're going to experience and we're going to go through is that we embrace them as an industry because the next generation are already embracing them. Yes. So they're already used to those when, they, when they're growing up in terms of that, that generational difference we have. So it's really, really important that by attracting um, the next generation into our industry, we actually offer them what they expect as part of that industry. Yes. Um, yes. And it's going to be a step change for people already in the industry because we're going to need to move with the times as well. But however, that's that's going to be the crucial part, I think, of, of change over the next 10 years and, and really making sure that we're making accurate, informed decisions when we're investing in, uh, in projects. I think 
uh, kind of um, kind of harking back to play to aviation days really is yeah. it always tends to be a couple of steps ahead so whether it be I've gone to work on a project where we're putting iris technology into airports for security so obviously now on everyone's phone obviously it's unlocked by your face recognition so it's kind of you can see how the technology advances in aviation actually ripple out wider, wider affecting industries yeah so yeah. I think it's really important we kind of harness and, and really look at how that's um, working going forward so that we can actually really use our own workforce to develop that further. As I say, the expectations of the next generation is going to be a crucial part of it. And by any by any way, suffice what we need to do now in terms of technology advances, do we actually make sure we attract them into the industry? Yeah, spot on. No, I agree. Just just looking at the you know the way my my, my daughters communicate with, with their friends, etc. You're absolutely right. The, the change is yeah. coming, and we've got to we've got to accept that and embrace, embrace that, and, and not and not say, well, they've got to adapt because the reality is they are going to be the future leaders in another 20, 30 years time. So uh, we've got exactly. To look, them. And look at the things we do now that we didn't do ten years ago by technology. You know, it, it's, so yeah, it's yes. going to move on even again. And actually, you know, there's greater value that can be struck from both clients and from consultancies um, and stakeholders alike by by embracing it um, and by being ahead of the curve as much as we possibly can be. Absolutely, good. Steve, they're my main questions. I, I, I kind of end it with a few kind of rapid fire questions. Um, so I'll, I'll jump into them if that's okay. And then, then at the end, we can obviously add anything else, you know, either me or you want to, want to add to the conversation. Sure, no problem. So who the first question given that this is called meet the boss who is the best boss you have ever had and why yeah i'd be careful not to offend anybody by leaving anybody out so i, I apologize <laughs> that more than one? that's cool <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm going to probably be greedy and probably choose two so my first spot uh first uh, best boss i guess was a manager director at east midlands airport um andy cliff he really did help me develop my business skill set um, and help me Give me the skill set to kind of put, put me in the position I'm in now, I guess. He was very firm, but very fair, I found. And a lot of the synergies in terms of what he used to do in terms of supporting you, if you, as long as you showed the effort to support him in terms of what you were trying to do, what I actually try and replicate myself. So I guess it's, uh, he would be my number one choice. He was, yeah, he, he he wanted you to put the effort in, but at the same time, he really did guide you with that, with that effort placement. So, so it's really important. Secondly, probably with my, probably my first boss when I was at Heathrow, on my placement year, he uh, a guy called Rob Liddle. He um, he really introduced me to the world of construction, both from a technical point of view, from a discipline point of view, from a work ethic point of view. He showed me how performing part of part of project teams actually everyone has a role and part to play. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of taken that kind of um, example through the rest of my career so far. Really, that no matter what your role is, you are always part of a cog, part of a bigger thing, and actually you have to do your bit to be part of everything else. So whether you're MD or whether you're whatever role you are it doesn't matter you have to do your bit to form part of the bigger thing so it really is a team effort so yeah they're probably my two uh, two best bosses right okay and what is the best piece of career advice that you've ever been given or heard okay again being being greedy and virtues too the first one um i guess was uh, don't be afraid to positively challenge i think there's that connotation around challenge it's a very negative thing and actually i think done in the correct way you can gain so much more out of challenging something, whether it be challenging an opinion, challenging an idea, challenging a methodology, whatever it may be. We can actually, by challenging um, the status quo, we can really push things forward, which again is going back to what we said before about pushing and pushing forward the industry over the next 10 years. So that was my first bit of advice. My second bit of advice was to make sure to take opportunities and don't be afraid to push yourself out of the comfort zone. As you can mention from my, from my CV, obviously I've taken um, 
taking very taking opportunities that have been presented to me. Um, it's important you take them in a calculated way to make sure you are uh, you, you're not taking them you know foolishly. But I think without looking and trying to push yourself, you'll you'll never actually you know, progress in the industry as a, as a result won't progress. So yeah, so I guess that's the second bit of advice would be yeah. take opportunities. Yeah. yeah. So a key thread I've already heard from a lot of these discussions with the meet the boss there is just just you, you've got to push yourself and you've got to take like you say calculated risks uh, or maybe maybe even not calculated risks to some extent but you've got to push yourself you, you're not going to advance if you don't i think fundamentally exactly that yeah you have to you have to be has to want to want to move on um and progress whether that's internally or externally yeah absolutely okay and what's the worst piece of career advice you've ever heard or been given <laughs> wow so again very early on in my career and it wasn't actually rob that said this that's fortunate i guess was that I was advised that if I didn't, uh, in context, I was I was working, working away from home, so I was living in a hotel Monday to Friday, mm. and uh, working at Heathrow. And I was advised if I didn't didn't work weekends, I wouldn't get wouldn't succeed in my career. Right. So I, I was fortunate enough and strong enough to to not take that advice on board. And you know, with with, with mental health being a, as big an issue and um, thing we need to we need to solve within within the industry and deal with. I am really pleased that I didn't do it. Actually, I can tell me something really good stay going on from that in terms of making sure that we get the work-life balance right of, of all of our colleagues and employees now. So yeah, yeah, absolutely spot on. No, we we have we have indeed got to make that balance. I think, mm. and uh, it's clearly something that's becoming more of a more of a point that everybody at all levels within the industry are prepared to discuss and push back on now, which which can only be good for the whole industry. It has to be, yeah, and we, and we have to be open enough to talk about it, and we have to be open enough to embrace it and. And not see it as a sign of, of of weakness or a sign of you know it's very much antiquated opinion if if we can't you know talk about change that we need to make into that work life balance yeah yeah absolutely okay and then lastly what is the best business book that you've ever read uh, good question so I'm sure many of your listeners have probably probably read it but I uh, I recently read Shoe Dog by uh, Phil yeah. Knight. Yeah, it's supposed to be. I've not read it yet, but it's supposed to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, sound of Nike. So yeah, it's it's a phenomenal experience and journey that he's, he's been on, and uh, I was really really surprised by how open he was through the book about you know, the challenges came up against, came up against, and how he dealt with them. It was unsurprising the team ethos and team uh, team examples that he gave in terms of how he was dealing with certain situations and stuff. But he uh, he really adapted to the client. Don't, mm-hmm. um, in terms of what the requirement was for when he was on, including name change, etc., as he went through, and the diversification, diversification of of the products going forward, actually, is something we can take a synergy from in terms of our industry, in terms of you know how we have to diversify to fit the need of of the client. Something that's complete parallel, perhaps, to our industry, I guess, was that his business plan almost seemed very accidental at times in terms of how he was achieving different uh, different milestones and different uh, parts of parts of his career. But which is something obviously very different to our industry, where we're very much business plan driven, hitting yeah. targets yeah. and goals. But yeah, it's really really interesting reading. There, uh, I can yeah recommend it definitely. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. So, Steve, that's all my questions. Is there anything you'd like to kind of add to close with? Anything else you don't think we've discussed that you'd like to talk about? No, not at all. I just, uh, just want to thank you for the opportunity. It was always great to have a chat with you today and hopefully uh, hopefully this has got something from it. Oh, look, first of all, my absolute pleasure. And, and I've, I've no doubt they will do. I think I think there's a lot of things that we've, we've discussed there, which is great. And, you know, I think I think the overriding thing that hopefully a lot of people will take from this, certainly young people, is that, you know, push yourself um, and, and that you can advance very quickly. And, and I'd echo your point entirely that, you know, that age should not be something that restricts you in your career. Um, I think it's... Um, uh, th- th- this idea that you have to be time served to advance, I think, is absolute nonsense. 
Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's um, it's about doing things in the right way as well, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you'll you'll develop at the right speed. Absolutely, good. Steve, thank you very much for your time. Obviously, we're recording this on a Friday, so have a have a great weekend ahead. Great, thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Take care. Cheers.